This is the Aspen Public Radio Newscast. I'm your host, Eleanor Bennett, here with your top stories this Wednesday. Picking County will spend much of 2024 looking at and implementing recommendations from the Community Growth Advisory Committee that met last year. Caroline Yanez has more. Some of the big suggestions the committee made were limiting house sizes with a couple recommendations that are under 10,000 square feet and exploring affordable housing outside of Aspen's urban growth boundary. It also looked at the outsized climate and workforce impacts of large homes in the county. Deputy County Manager Kara Silbernagel says the goal is to level the playing field and prevent people with money from disregarding the rules. I think a lot of the recommendations that came up were actually to get away from those loopholes. We wanted people to play more in the land use code, not outside of it. Because of that, she says, the county's land use, building, and energy codes will all be undergoing pretty big changes and will require no small amount of detail to close those loopholes. One of the county's first tasks this year will be to get public feedback on some of the recommendations. Carol Yanez, Aspen Public Radio News. Bacon County says they're running behind on sending out property tax statements this month due to changes in state law. The Colorado legislature and Governor Polis made changes to laws to accommodate property tax relief late last year in a special session. As a result, counties across the state will be certifying their tax rolls later than usual. The new deadline is January 24th, which is two weeks later than previous years. The county says this change will not affect the due date for those who want to split up the payment. First half payments will still be due on February 29th, and property owners should expect to receive their notices by the second week of February. You can also access your tax notice earlier by going onto the county's website. Those who want to submit the full payment all at once have until April 30th. Garfield County has agreed to help fund a water monitoring station near South Canyon along the Colorado River. County commissioners approved over $11,000 toward a joint funding agreement with the U.S. Geological Survey. The money will support the agency's water monitoring and sampling for the year at the site above South Canyon Creek. The USGS is providing almost $4,000 in matching funds to cover the operations and maintenance costs for 2024. The station monitors water quality and salt content by doing a nutrient analysis six times a year. Two sensors also measure water temperature every 15 minutes. The county board approved the funding unanimously. With more storms in the forecast, Basalt is reminding residents that it's their responsibility to clear snow along sidewalks next to their property within 24 hours of snowfall. That includes the space in or around driveways, mailboxes, and fire hydrants. But depositing snow in the public right-of-way is against the law and hinders snow plowing. The public right-of-way includes sidewalks, roads, and alleys. Town officials say they may issue citations for not following these codes. Several environmental talks are coming up in the Valley this week. Tonight at 6 p.m., climate researcher Joseph Rome will speak at the Limelight in Aspen. The talk is part of SKIKO's Aspen U series, which explores environmental and social justice issues. Rome will be talking about the myths behind concepts like carbon offsets and net zero emissions. He'll also discuss some actionable solutions to climate change. Rome is a senior research fellow at the University of Pennsylvania Center for Science, Sustainability, and the Media. He also helped guide energy efficiency and renewable energy policies for the Clinton administration. 
The Naturalist Nights Speaker Series also kicks off tonight with a presentation on gray wolves in Yellowstone National Park. Taylor Rabe is a biological technician for the Yellowstone Wolf Project. She spends her days tracking and observing the wolves while sharing her knowledge with park visitors. She'll present stories and data about the wolves while also talking about their future and the controversies surrounding them. Her talk tonight takes place at 6 p.m. at the Roaring Fork High School in Carbondale, and tomorrow she'll speak at the Aspen Center for Environmental Studies. The Naturalist Night series is a collaboration between ACES and Wilderness Workshop. Two acclaimed novelists will talk about their work for the kickoff of Aspen Words Winter Speaker Series tomorrow night. Anne Patchett and Elizabeth McCracken are old literary friends. And as Kaya Williams reports, their newest books explore the relationship between mother and daughter. Both of the author's latest works are love stories, really. Elizabeth McCracken's novel, actually almost a memoir, is titled The Hero of This Book. In it, the narrator is a writer grappling with the recent loss of her mother. With humor and little writerly asides, she meditates on the life of the woman who raised her. In Ann Paget's novel, Tom Blake, it's the mother who serves as narrator. She's telling her three daughters about an old flame and how she found her footing as a young woman. It's not so autobiographical and admittedly steamier than McCracken's book, but it reflects on the same idea. What can we know about the women who raised us, and what are the parts that we don't understand? McCracken and Patchett's conversation begins at 6 p.m. tomorrow at the Pepke Auditorium in Aspen. It will also be streamed online. From the Edlis Neeson Arts and Culture Desk, I'm Kaya Williams. In other local arts and culture news, it's that time of the year when giant ice sculptures start popping up around downtown Aspen for the annual Winter Skull Festival. Local artist Thomas Barlow will be in Wagner Park for most of the day tomorrow and Friday to carve ice and snow sculptures. Barlow creates large-scale, elaborate shapes from mermaids to horses to a gondola that people can actually step inside. And on Friday, local kids will also be carving frozen sculptures in the park, all made out of snow. The Anderson Ranch Arts Center organizes the annual Kids Sculpt Competition. It features students from Basalt and Aspen Middle Schools, as well as Aspen Country Day and the Aspen Community School. And Dance Aspen is participating in the Winter Skull Festivities this year. The organization will preview a new work of choreography by Robin Mineko Williams tomorrow on the roof of the Aspen Art Museum. The program will include a behind-the-scenes look at preparing the dance, which is called Cloudline. The event is free and open to the public. In ski-related news, registration opens tonight at 6 p.m. for the popular Ski for the Pass cross-country race coming up next month. It's a 7-kilometer course up the road toward Independence Pass from the Winter Closure Gate to Lincoln Creek Road. The race marks the one time each year that the road is groomed for classic skiing. Registration is limited to 90 participants, and it has sold out in the past. The event is a fundraiser for the Independence Pass Foundation. Buttermilk's Uphill Breakfast Club starts back up this Friday and continues through March. Skiers, splitboarders, and hikers can start their day with a climb up the mountain and a hearty breakfast from the Cliff House restaurant at the top. Options like French toast, oatmeal, and breakfast fried rice will be available from 8.45 to 10 a.m. And it's open to folks who take the chairlift up, too. 
In statewide news, Denver's mayor says the city's response to migrant arrivals will cost about 10 percent of this year's budget. Denverite's Kyle Harris reports Mayor Mike Johnston asked city agencies to cut costs for 2024. The city has not specified what programs or services could be cut. A spokesperson says they don't anticipate layoffs, but there's a potential of a hiring freeze for non-essential positions. The city is sheltering more than 4,700 migrants, and hundreds are arriving every week. Denver is struggling to pay for the needed aid, so the city has two choices. Find money or begin to shut down shelters and put thousands of migrants on the streets. I'm Kyle Harris, Denverite. Here in the Valley, more than 170 newcomers have registered with nonprofit Vosas Unidas since early November. Some have temporary shelter, while others are still sleeping in cars. Carbondale recently received a large emergency grant from the state to support folks through the winter, but the town is still looking for additional shelter locations. And in regional news, each winter, skiers, snowboarders, and snowmobilers die in avalanches in our region. One resort just introduced a furry new co-worker to rescue people in trouble. KUNC's Emma Vanden 90 watched the Golden Retriever puppy being trained and has this report for the Mountain West News Bureau. This is Ollie, a 12-week-old puppy who works for Copper Mountain. She's eager to find someone hiding with a squeaker toy, but she has to wait for her command. This search exercise is meant to simulate an avalanche rescue. The goal is to train Ollie to be a first responder and to find someone buried in the snow within minutes. Beck Carjan is her owner. And in avalanches, you have a very short window of survival, right? You run out of oxygen very quickly. And so the time that it takes for you to be found is critical, and dogs help make that process faster. Soon, Karjan will start training Ale to use her nose. She's also getting adjusted to life on the slopes. Karjan has been doing things like throwing skis and starting cars to acclimate the dog's senses. You know, we work with a lot of really dangerous things for us and for the dogs on this mountain, Um, and she's going to have to be near helicopters and avalanche sites and all of that. So I wanted her to be afraid. I I didn't want her to just run right into the fire. She expects Ole to be ready for the job in two years. Even with the fast pace of the puppy's training, a dog will still be a dog. Yeah, you still want to play? Oh, maybe you just want to play. For KUNC, I'm Emma Vandenheide. The Aspen Public Radio Newscast is produced by our news team, which includes Hallie Zander, Caroline Yanez, Kaya Williams, and me, your host, Eleanor Bennett. You can listen to the show every weekday morning on our website or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening and see you next time.